With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the show. It is October 13th, 2021. Flying through this year, of course, we just finished up the Worlds, we just finished up the Olympics, and I'm joined once again by my man, Kyle Klingman. How are you, Kyle, today? I am doing great, and I'm a fan of our guests, so couldn't ask for someone better for today. Yeah, I'm pumped up, too. Um, Four-time World and Olympic champion, a handful of medals on top of that. One of the all-time greats, not just in USA women's wrestling history, but in USA wrestling history. It is Helen Maroulis. Helen, how the heck are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you guys? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, well, congrats on a great summer and fall again. And how do you feel mentally and or, or physically, emotionally? Like it was a big probably run since before the trials. I don't know. A lot of, of physical and, and maybe mental exhaustion. Elation. I don't know. Uh, be- for the Olympic trials, or no, how do you feel today? Like, oh, um, I feel good. A little. I'm. I'm starting to get uh, a little bit, you know, tired. I definitely just the last couple of weeks were a whirlwind, and I didn't really fully rest or adjust to the time yet. But other than that, I feel good. Awesome. Um, okay, I I, I want to talk about the trials and everything, basically up to this day. Um, I guess going into the trials, what's what's it like sitting? And are you watching the tournament? Uh, you kind of have an idea, but probably one of two or three women who's going to come through. And, you know, they're our favorites. Um, do you watch? Are you in the arena? Are you at in your hotel watching? Are you paying attention to results? Or are you just like, none of that? Yeah. I try and always go off the feel. So sometimes if it feels like I'm too relaxed and it's not really a tournament, then I'll start watching. Most times I'll start watching and then I realize I'm getting too hyped up and I need to go like rest and kind of disconnect from all that. So I definitely didn't go to the arena, especially with like COVID and everything and um, just kind of stayed in my hotel room and yeah, just chilled. Did you watch from your hotel room or follow results or did somebody text you or knock on your door and be like, Jenna, you know, it's Jenna, you got Jenna tomorrow. Oh, I, I actually watched that that match um, just because I, I wanted to see it, and so you know there there were like wasn't like much to really scout from there, and I didn't watch any earlier matches, but I just thought oh that's awesome like she wrestled a really great match, and I know she's a tough competitor, so um, 
yeah, I, I don't think it would have changed whether I watched or didn't watch like my, my game plan or anything. Yeah. And, and to that, right. Is there, you don't have to give it away, although the matches are completed, but you know, was there a game plan or, or a really tight or maybe a looser approach to the specific opponent that was Jenna? Uh, no, I, I made some game plan adjustments in the second match. Um, but honestly, the only times that I mean, the times that I tried to game plan were in the semifinals of Olympics and in the second match with Jenna. So it's actually it's just like not what works for me. Um, I just do better when I don't think and when I just trust my instincts. So, um, yeah. How did I mean, did, do you think a game plan negatively impacted you or do you think it was coincidence that you game planned and, and lost? No, I mean, I think Jenna wrestled a great match and, and she fought and she earned that, that win. Um, I think that just for me and my, like, I know, I know myself as a wrestler inside and out. One of the interesting things coming back all these injuries was there's so many things I forgot. And I knew that I, I knew that I once knew, but I didn't know how to get back. And so part of that is just not having a lot of experience with tournaments. There's so many little nuances that, um, you know, you don't, you don't even, you know, I, I just didn't even remember. And so uh, I think uh, after the first match, um, the coaches made these really great uh, adjustments and, and I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Like I'm, I'm going to try that. You know, these are my coaches now. Um, and, and it was, it was really smart. I did it. It worked like the adjustments that they made work. So it was great. There was nothing wrong with game planning. It just, for me and the way that I wrestle my best game planning takes me a little bit out of that element so it's why it's not my favorite thing to do. Like I, I can, like when I just kind of come in like blank slate and clear mind, I will hit things I've never hit before. I will create things. Um, it's like, it's like my mind and my body just finds a way. And when I game plan, I think I close off some of those possibilities. Sure. And, and interesting thing you said, you're like, there's things I forgot, maybe all, all these little things that happen in a tournament, maybe not even, uh, it doesn't sound like they're necessarily in-match things, maybe they are, but can you elaborate on that a little bit, what those things are maybe that you forgot or failed to remember? Yeah, so some of it, I think your your body just needs to feel it and, and remember it, and you know, that can just be like the amount of the amount of nerves or the amount of um, like peaks and dips that you'll feel throughout the day because you're wrestling this match, you're getting your adrenaline all the way up here, but then right after that match, you have to bring it down. You have to relax. You have to you know, go get your food. Um, you kind of have to like start re recharging the battery again for the next match. And so it's, I mean, if, if you think about in your day, it's not something that you consciously do. And even at practice, you're not consciously, you're not consciously doing it because you're not practicing across the span of a whole day so I needed to kind of rep that again like okay you know quarters you know, we're up here then we got to rest then we got to bring it up for semis again then we got to rest then we got to make weight then we got to bring it up for finals so um you know just one of those things and and other things like every uh I think your body will know when it's it's in its element and when there's so many new things that it's trying to acquire all at once it's like it's going to pick the most important things and, and try and get those down. It's like um, if I go – if I'm a beginner and I go take an advanced dance class, like I can maybe – like my brain it cannot focus on every little thing. The advanced dancers in there, all the stuff that are like basics to them and that, that aren't new um, 
anymore. They don't have to think twice about that. So they can think about these like extra little things. So that's kind of what it felt like. I had to get these base level, um, like, I guess, experiences back into my body so that I can focus on the little nuances, like how's my breathing or, okay, where am, where am I at right now emotionally? Okay, how do I adjust this? So I don't know if I explained that well, but... No, I get it. That that, And you're not necessarily talking about comparing dancers, you're not to, to wrestlers, you're not talking about wrestling and stance and motion, you're talking about the things in between the matches. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think for, for me, um putting you know four matches together uh it was such a it was like a hard adjustment for my body you can do you can do all the practice matches and tournament simulations but there's nothing like an actual tournament with the nerves and then you couple that with okay for example you do the trials and that's a little bit different because you you're making weight twice but you're sitting out you're really only wrestling like two out of three matches but then you now add the new element of going overseas like to poland and so you have jet lag you have okay you've gained a little bit of weight from the plane. So that's affecting your weight cut a little bit. Um, you know, you're taking the bus to and from events. You're there for a longer amount of days. So then there's kind of like that stress that adds up. And it's not, I don't say stresses and it's like this bad thing. It's just my body hadn't felt that. Um, and, and so it, it kind of needed that. And so, for example, by the time, even, even Tokyo, I was still working some things out. And by the time Oslo came around, it was like, oh, I've been here and done, I've, I've been here done this now all summer and it literally felt like my body even with everything um just kind of knew what to do knew what i was asking of it sure to the to the two out of three at the trials with jenna talk about well what you did in between matches one and two and then how that was similar or different between what you did to what you did between matches two and three uh, after match one, my body felt like trash. Like I just wasn't expecting it to be such a bad, actually, I was expecting it to be a battle. Cause I, I had, you know, Mark McKnight, I, I, want, I had him warm up and I was like, Hey, like, you know, club me, be aggressive, like really push the pace right now. Cause I knew, you know, I, I, I know Jenna's pace and, and, uh, uh, that she likes to, you know, to, to be aggressive and get after it. Um, but I, I still just like after that first match, my whole body was like cramping and just felt like. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I was just really tired. I actually um didn't warm up before the second match. I was so tired that I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna sit in the chair and pretend like I'm pretend that I'm like so cocky that I'm just sitting here too cool to warm up." But really, I was like, "I cannot move. Like, I need all the rest I can get." And and then after I lost the second match, I think losing like kind of triggered or snapped something into me because after that I felt like I hadn't wrestled a single minute like I felt so fresh I was like oh my gosh I can like hating losing literally like re like just overrode any other feeling in my body and um and then I kind of just snapped into like just get it done mode and, and I'm I sure you know Jenna's story right um everything that she went through and like following her as a competitor was like holy cow you know she she had the upset in match two I just remember her marching out to the mat like with this, I don't know, vigor about her. And it was like, is she going to do this? Um, and then, of course, foot sweep, boom. But like when you stepped out on the mat, and it's interesting that you, you're like, I felt fresh as a daisy, right? I felt great. Um, do you Are there thoughts that – and the sequence happened so fast, right? Do you see that? And think, or is it just a feel, the footsteps or whatever, and then whack, flop, you're, you're on top? 
Yeah, I I don't think at all. I never would have said like, oh, let me go try and hit this move on her. But I probably wouldn't get it if I if I thought that. So I literally just I was like, I was just gonna find a way to get this done. I thought it was gonna be another six minute brawl, um, and then the sweep. I had been practicing pinning um, for the last couple of weeks because I'd, I'd injured my knee. I tore my MCL like two weeks before, and I couldn't really wrestle at all. And so for some reason, I just started like, I really think I'm supposed to practice pinning. Like that is an art form. You know, you gotta you have to know how to grind, you know, grind it out, but also kind of adjust to the subtle, um, reactions of, of the person. Cause you know, if, if you overcommit or something, then they get off their back. So I, I was actually practicing that quite a bit. Um, so that kind of came through in that last match. I didn't know you, you tore your MCL. Um, that's crazy. What was it? You know, obviously that's not like a, obviously you can wrestle that way. Right. But it's not ideal when it did happen. Yeah. Were you, how how well, how did that affect you mentally more than physically, right? Because you've dealt with a bunch of stuff in the past, and it had to, I don't know, but I'm guessing it would be like, Jesus, again? Like, oh, yeah. here we go. Yeah, the second uh, it happened in practice, it, like, popped. I screamed, and then I just was in my head. I'm like, all right, I know I'm ready to win trials. I just just feel like something kind of always happens before some major breakthrough and it's just you know there's kind of always that last little setback unfortunately but yeah I couldn't I couldn't really move on it they told me it was going to be six weeks recovery and I was like well I have two weeks so what can we do and they basically said you need to get your range of motion back within 24 hours so a bit painful I definitely affected if she had um if she had like pulled my leg at all like I don't know if I would have been able to wrestle she actually at the end of the second period um after she got or after I mean the second match she got a takedown and she like went to pull my leg out to start working a turn and I was it I like completely just stopped and grabbed my knee and like couldn't really um do anything and so that kind of really that injury lasted all summer even in Poland like my goal in Poland was to not have anybody touch my knee but to go and get international experience because I knew I needed it so but you know, no one, no one knew that my knee was that bad. So luckily they were clubbing my head instead of my going for my knee. Everybody's trying to figure out where the pain points are and, and exploit them. That's pretty, yeah, basically. Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty that wild. Yeah. Um, and now turning, turning to Tokyo, right? Like it's a different, you know, it's probably different from any world to end the Olympics and 16 with, Everything from Niketagawa to just the whole COVID experience, right? How was that experience different training? I don't know, getting over there. How often you're tested, isolation yeah. to a degree. Um, how was that? It was so different, these Olympics, um, for a variety of reasons. I think the COVID aspect and then me just kind of – I feel like I was out of the scene, literally thought I had to retire, and then – I feel like in a whirlwind of this wrestle off and then the um, Olympic qualifier, I felt like I was just like plopped back in the scene, like in a heart. It was like super weird. So uh, for me, Tokyo, it was really cool because on, on the one hand, it was like so great to be around everyone and it was like familiar, but I hadn't had this feeling in years. So I was just, I was like, oh my gosh, like I know what it's like to not have this and you think you'll have it forever. And so I really appreciated those moments. And then on the flip side, it felt really weird because you're used to kind of like being around your competitors and they're just being a little bit more hustle and bustle and you're now not, you're just in this like secluded, it felt like a, like a camp, like you're just really, um, you know, kind of secluded and 
felt like you were just like camping out away from everyone. So it didn't almost feel as, um, it didn't really feel like an Olympics. It felt maybe more like a world championships. At the, at the training camp out in, in that, in that Katsugawa, or even once you got to like Tokyo and I guess the Olympic village and all the Olympic experience. In the training camp in the Katsugawa. And then once we went to Tokyo and got the gear bags, it felt like the Olympics. And then right after that, it maybe felt a little more laid back again. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, to, the, to the wrestling at the Olympics, you know, how did you... I, the, from going on the mat with no fans to, to the experience, to the wrestling itself, how, how did you... How would you rate your... You're, you're, aside from wins and losses, right? The actual performance mm -hmm. on the mat. Yeah. I, I loved the way that I wrestled. I feel like I've been chasing this, you know, I, I, I haven't really been chasing winning. I've been chasing getting my essence back of like who I am as a wrestler and how I used to compete. And I knew that that wasn't, didn't have anything to do with this technical element or what coach I'm working with or where I'm living. I knew it was like something internal inside me. And I, I had, I just, I think I kind of just got afraid that I didn't know if I'd ever be able to find that again or get that back. Um, and so, you know, I, I didn't have it in Poland. I think I was, I was more scared and timid in Poland. I was still afraid about getting hurt or almost like, I don't know, the healing transformation that happened from, from Poland to the Olympics was wild. And so to compete that way at the Olympics was a dream come true for me. You know, um, I don't have any regrets because I was, you know, I, I was working with what I was given to the best of my ability. And, you know, I had these injuries and, um, you know, I, I had a, a you know, a, a new training camp seven weeks out and um, was trying to get all, all these things back. And so, you know, like, for example, something I normally wouldn't do, like game planning, um, or studying film, I felt like, well, I normally wouldn't do that when I've been wrestling three years straight in the quad, but I didn't have that. So maybe I should game plan right now. Maybe I should study film. Maybe this is the new thing that I have to add to my wrestling. So I, I went with that and, and I made that decision. Um, and I don't have regrets about that because I made that decision, you know, with the knowledge that this, I was trying to be the very best in the world. And, and I thought this was the, what I needed to do for it. And then, so really the semis was kind of the only match after where I was like, okay, I tried it. I realized that actually I, I don't, I don't think that was what I needed to do. I'm just going to go back to like not thinking. It, this, it, the essence that you like described or brought up, right. That you felt was missing. I mean, you lit the world on fire in 15, 16, 17 injuries and, and unfortunate situations, physical or mental setbacks. Mm -hmm. Um, when did you feel like you got that essence back? Because you said from Poland to the Olympics, there was yeah. maybe it was somewhere in there. I'm not sure. So, yeah. So after actually in Poland, when I wrestled the Nigerian girl, I, I personally felt, I can't say this, but I personally felt like she was trying to concuss me. Um, and she's never wrestled me that way before. Um, and it, it, uh, it actually it like actually just triggered something. It, it snapped me back in my body. Like literally since the, the first, you know, concussion in 2018, um, I think there's been this like, maybe deep down or subconscious, there's just, there's been something that I couldn't, that I didn't have back yet. And when that girl, like when she tried, when I felt like she was trying to hurt me, I literally wanted to, to fight her. But I was like, I, I can't, like I'm, I'm weak right now. Like I, I, um, 
but it, it just like it just pissed me off and i literally before i left for poland my parents were like you 1000 percent need to retire before tokyo like they really didn't even want me to do tokyo they just felt like i wasn't mentally i i told them like i didn't feel like i was mentally or emotionally stable enough to do the olympics and then when we got back from poland like i started like cursing again like i was just like forget this like i'm not done being the injured girl like i was like i'm just freaking done like i'm i'm not talking about it anymore like i'm leaving that in the past and we're just moving on and like i was so pissed off like i just and it lit this fire in me and that's kind of what brought it back and then moving to arizona i had great sponsors um and and you know dan people that um mark people that helped me to uh you know do these other therapies like mfr and reiki and it made such a big difference like the mfr lady she i know this sounds crazy so she does myofascial release and um she's like i told her you know i've had neck issues from the concussions and she's like okay i'm gonna work on you but i'm getting the sense that i'm supposed to like start out here in your energy field and not get to your neck yet and so i was like okay and i could like feel tingling like through my body and then when I went to practice the next day, it was the first time where I felt like my eyes didn't stutter to try and follow people. And it's not a, it, it wasn't a concussion issue. It was just like, um, it was just something that I felt like I hadn't had back where I couldn't like track people as well, like laser sharp focus. Um, and it was so subtle that I probably didn't realize it for a while. But after that, after that day and after that treatment, I just realized, oh my gosh, like I, I needed this back like this. So um, you know, then everything just kept getting better and better. And in Tokyo, I just, I just felt sharp again. Wow. This is, this is like profound. Like what, what you're telling us to the, to the Poland and like being like, I think you get pissed off, you know, have you ever, I'm sure you, you, you lose a match or whatever. You come off, you don't feel good. You're upset. And have you ever come off the mat, like pissed off like that before? To where it like no. changed you seemingly. No, because that one, it's like, I remember, I just remember like coming off the mat and just being like, you just wait seven weeks. Like, I know that I don't have it right now. I'm not, I'm like, I'm not stupid <laughs> enough to try and like come at you or like, she felt strong. Like she felt like a giant. All the girls did. Like I got ragdolled, not just her, the Ukrainian girl. Like I literally got ragdolled. And that's the same way I felt with Jenna. I was like, she's so strong. I'm getting ragdolled. And then, um, after that moment, I was, I was really pissed. You know, I was pissed off and I was like, I know I need to train with women and I need to, I need to get stronger for this weight class. And when I moved to Arizona and I started training at NF1, uh, I remember this thing that I learned in my, in my, um, brain therapy when my concussion therapy that they were saying that our brains um or our minds like we have so much strength inside of ourselves but we our brain won't allow us to have that so you know people that like lift a car um up in the air to like save their baby uh they literally have you have that strength inside of yourself but your brain won't access it except for like extreme situations like that and the reason for that being is that uh, what they don't tell you is after they lift that car off, they've torn every ligament and muscle off the bone. Like our brains are strong enough to give us the strength to tear every of our, like each of our own muscles off the bone. And so I, that thought kind of came up when I was lifting at NF1. Cause I was like, I have to stop, stop speaking to myself that, oh, I can't get strong or I'm struggling with strength. Cause if I keep speaking it, it's going to happen. And then I remember thinking, remembering that story that one of my um, therapists, 
uh, for the brain training had taught me. And I was like, okay, I think I have all the strength inside myself. It's deep down. It's been there from real, from everything. And I think I just need to find a way to give myself permission to have that back. Um, and so that I kind of started, you know, meditating on that and, uh, and that like it really came through. And when I went to the Olympics, when I went to the weigh-in line, I felt bigger than everyone. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I, I literally thought the Nigerian girl was the same size as Mark. Like I would train with Mark all summer because, no, you guys are the same size. I swear, I felt it. And he's like, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we got to the Olympics. I'm like, wow, like no one, I don't know. It was wild because it's like a lot of it's also in your mind too is my, my perception from Poland to Tokyo was completely different. So would you, would you attribute a lot or at least some of that to that? I think maybe it was that. I, I, excuse, I don't know all the terminology, but the, you know, this woman was trying to help you and basically wanted to yeah. deal with your energy surrounding you before she like got into your, your brain or body. Like, is that where that started? Yeah. 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 I, I've been, um, MFR and, and studying okay. it now and, and um, she's getting me more to it because it's so fascinating. She was saying that like, it, it was really interesting, but, but she was saying that with some of their trauma patients or abuse patients, sometimes they will like work on them. Uh, like, let's say if they, they got hit, they will almost um, mimic that. Not They're not hitting them, but they're like kind of trying to bring that. I don't know exactly how she said it, but it, it basically like the way that I got my concussion, um, let's say took me out of my body. And so then in Poland, the exact same thing brought me back into my body. So they're saying sometimes the same thing can like help you snap back into it. Um, I'm definitely not explaining this well because I'm not qualified to, but it was super fascinating because that's what it felt like. It literally felt like I got hit back into my body. This is crazy, but I love, I love the, I love talking about it. I think, I think I'm following you. Um, uh, so, you know, in the end, you come back, you win the bronze. How did that feel? Right? Like, how did that feel? Um, it, felt, it felt amazing. Honestly, I had so much peace. I thought it was my last tournament ever. So I had peace even before I wrestled. Um, after I lost the semis, I stayed up all night, watched the match, couldn't sleep. Just like, okay, why? Where did I go wrong? What did I, did I miss something? Was it in my training? Was it in prep, blah, 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 this or that. What did I do in the match? And then I just realized, you know what? I fought so hard to get back here and I fought so hard to replace all the really bad, painful painful memories that I had in wrestling that I was running from as well. I, I came back to wrestling to like, um, to create new good memories. Like I knew that if I'd retired in 2018 or 19, my, um, I would have had this like, you know, kind of bittersweet or painful relationship with wrestling a little bit. Like even with the gold that felt so far away and the most recent stuff was all, all the painful stuff. So yeah. I came back to wrestling so that I wouldn't end it on that note and I wanted to have peace. And so I just felt like if I, what would be the point of coming back and like being depressed about losing this one match in the grand scheme of, of things. And so I made a conscious decision that I was just going to be happy and, and super grateful and and I really am I like love every second of wrestling I, I love the Olympics I don't have any regrets you know I, I did the best uh, of my ability with what I had then and you know I'm super excited to get the chance to wrestle Kawhi again at Worlds and hopefully next Olympics um, and then I got to wrestle at the Worlds so that's been awesome well correct me if I'm wrong you, uh, that night after the semis when you sat up and watched 
the master probably did a lot of thinking. You thought that was going to be your last tournament. Is that, isn't that what you just yeah. said? And yeah. it probably after you won the bronze, did you still think that, like before you left Japan? Or when, um, and I guess the question is, when did that yeah. change? I think it, well, the probably instant that it changed was probably after the first match with China. But I honestly was in such a zone. I, I, I literally fully committed to retiring after 2020. Like there was, it was definitely like, all right, I, I saw this through, but I don't think I can do another three years like of this, especially because it's like, it's, it's not fun to change your wrestling um, to cater to your injuries or your health issues, you know? And so with the knee and the concussions and all these things, I'm like, I'm just, it's just not fun. Um, and it's, and it's just difficult, a little bit scary. And then when I wrestled the way that I did that, that tournament, um, I was like, no, I still have it. I'm still a competitor. I can still put matches together. Like I fought so hard to get this back. Why would I stop? So no, I love it. <laughs> you take me on a roller coaster here, Helen. Um, I've been on a roller coaster. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine from, from your perspective. Uh, so you, you, you get the bronze medal, you go home, I think, but I know I, I mean, I follow you on social media. You were like in Greece, not that you were partying, I don't think, but you were yeah. like, it seemed like you were enjoying yourself at least like, yeah. and that's gotta be such a weird what, two months in between. And you do all this training all summer to peak in August. How do you structure things? And, and no one, and, and in my head, no offense. And you did, I clearly did the right thing. I was like, is she taking a break? Is, does she, shouldn't she be training? Like, obviously, whatever you did was right. But how did you decide how to handle that time and how to when to break and how to when to come back and train? And how much? It's so funny. It's so funny that you say that because for me, Greece was like um, a training trip in the sense that I'm like, I'm smart enough to know that if I don't take this break, I don't I don't think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be too much. Like, um, and not that I needed a break from physically wrestling, but the emotional and mental, um, uh, stress that, that it's very taxing on your body. And so, you know, I knew that anywhere in the world, like if I go to Greece, like, you know, I'm going to be around family. I'm going to be relaxing. I go to the beach, um, that I, I was going to be, you know, I went to refugee camp too, but, I uh, I was like I'm gonna be completely relaxed, de-stressed. Your body needs that, like from a hormonal standpoint, neurotransmitter standpoint, like everything. You know, your body, your body just it, it needs it. And so, uh, and I knew I was gonna come back better. Like I actually I do very well with that. Um, you know, if, if I'm peaking for something, I mean, if you're peaking for something, you can carry that that peak through. So uh, I actually took the break in Greece, came back and PR'd on um, all my jumps and all my testing at Neuroforce One. And so <laughs> Andre, the strength coach, was like, well, I guess you can go back to Greece. This is working <laughs> for you. But no, I, I knew like this would this would be good. So I wasn't worried about it. Sure. Um, you mentioned the, 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 the change up of scenery in, in your training situation. And there's all those ladies down in, in Arizona and Mark Perry. What was that environment and how did that help foster what you needed or or how was that beneficial and ultimately got you to another gold yeah so i'm i'm used to training with um guys i've, I've trained with a lot of high school kids uh and then you know i've been in a couple college programs but kind of ev everything was very brief like i i really um i think when i was at oklahoma state that was like for a month or two and then i got uh, i got the last concussion so um i didn't realize that maybe for me I don't think training with college men um, translates well over to my 
my style because it, it um, some of the things that I can hit that are like funky with like a really really just strong college wrestler it doesn't work or um, like it just their kind of pace uh, changes changes mine and um, and so I just I knew I wanted to wrestle uh, with women and Mark is just phenomenal um, he really helped me out in Poland helped me game plan for Nigeria because he had um, already been working with Ali so much so he knew my entire weight class like through and through had multiple just all these like a whole folder on his phone of just videos of every single competitor at 57 and so uh, that that was awesome and basically came up to me before the tournament started and was like hey I you know I, I don't I don't know you that well I don't know if you like to game plan before but I you know Ali and I were working on something for this girl if you want to try it and I said well that that's what I'm here for to try things out before the Olympics and you know, see what works and what doesn't. So yeah, I'm, I'm down. I'm down to do that. And the game plan was actually uh, really good. It's just I don't do great when I <laughs> game plan. Um, but that was kind of what we worked on for most of the summer, so that it, it wasn't a game plan anymore. It was kind of just drilled into my body. Um, but he was awesome. Kayla, you know, we had battles every single Friday. We had we had matches, and it felt like the world finals. You know, <laughs> so we, um, Kayla, honestly, just that alone, those matches every Friday with her, it was. It was the push that I needed. Honestly, it's like I got so nervous before each one, and um, yeah, it, it was bad. It, they, they were battles, so it was sure. a blast. So uh, I guess this takes us to Oslo, right? And you marching your way through the tournament, and and I told you this before. You know, uh, if we could queue up that semifinal bout, um, you've got Japan in the semifinals. I'm assuming you didn't uh, game plan for this one, but I just want to kind of watch. Watch it through. It was like one nothing. I think it was a shot clock point, but we'll we'll pick up near near the uh, end of the first period. And if you guys want to, you can talk us through this. You can commentate. You can tell us what you're thinking or feeling. Oh um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. That, this first left. shot that she took, she she got her hips out of the way so fast. I went for the ankle. That adjustment, I was like, oh damn, she's really fast. I was not ready for that. And then here, I just didn't want to give up too. I was like, but then on the edge i didn't i was like if i just step are they gonna caution me so i was trying to wait a second to i'm just I'm, I'm not in that scenario where i'm like being defensive and trying to calculate how to step out without getting cautioned so yeah. that moment where i'm trying to think about it man she just launched me so that was actually really really smart on her part i i could not believe that i did that like how does mentality change between up one zero and down four one closing into the break it it doesn't i think for a split second i was like damn like don't tell me i'm losing to japan in the semis again and then then i just forget that thought and i keep wrestling so really? <laughs> i don't know yeah, it's just in the moment huge huge yeah. takedown at the at the end of the first because down by a point yeah. down by three yeah yeah that's yeah that's way better well technically and down by yeah. she has criteria the four. Oh, good point. Yeah, <laughs> good point. But it doesn't make a difference because either way, is you got to get a takedown. Yeah. Do you remember at all what they're saying here during the break, or are you just like, no, that was so long ago. Um, no, <laughs> no. I remember. <laughs> I remember honesty. one of the mat. Well, well, I'm trying not to confuse matches, so I know like with some stuff they're just telling me like keep my motion and. Um, I don't know if this is the one where they were telling me my shots were there or not. I feel like this wasn't the one. I don't remember. Yeah, it's a lot of matches in a little short time. A lot of really yeah. important matches. 
You had us on the edge of our seat. <laughs> as fans. <laughs> I was out of my seat as well. I, was like, <laughs> I bet you were. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching a lot of the Japanese matches from that whole tournament, and they all have, like, a very um, pretty effective, like, under the past five series. So, uh that's kind of like the main thing that she that she hit. She had really quick shots, though. Hey, Helen, if if you don't like the game plan, is mm -hmm. uh, I'll let you go through that there. Yeah. Oh, that was wild. I definitely have no idea what that was. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. I want to hear this. Oh, yeah. If you don't like the game plan, is advice in the corner, like between in the 30-second break, is that counterintuitive? Would you rather them not say anything at all? I – no, no. I I take in whatever they say, but – and I, I've told Mark this, like, when we get to the tournament, like, by the time we are – like, once we're there, that's – that – the tournament day is 100% my responsibility. Like, that is – like, it's not your job to – get me to believe myself or type me up or like to figure out a match for me like and Mark is is great with that like he'll study anyone um and he can make game plans for the people that like that but I think he knows that like I, I like it's like it's for me to figure to figure out um so yeah I I know that um he'll and I I feel uh I feel com like um what do you call it uh assured because he will he will study every opponent so it's like I know that he's watched them and he knows what they have I don't ask him about it if there's something he feels to tell me then I take it in um, but yeah so he, he kind of like knows exactly what to tell me and, and to that point you're like hey match date's on me I don't need you to do this that and the other and you mentioned earlier, like, yeah. when I was watching all the Japanese women throughout the tournament, you noticed, I think it was an underhook or whatever. Is that part of, like, that's on me, so don't, I don't need to hear from anybody else. I need to see or figure these things out. Yeah. I, I like Mark to watch it and kind of tell me, like, okay, this girl has a right hand, you know, snap into an underhook or whatever. Um, but I don't, I don't want to see it for myself. And then also I don't want to think about it because I'm not trying to think about reacting to her stuff. I'm thinking like, well, I have this and I'm going to hit what I have. So, um, but yeah, I, for some reason I just, it's like, I, I just like the assurance of knowing like, well, Mark studied, Mark studied this girl. Um, but when I go wrestle, I, I just, it's for me to figure out. Yeah. Sure. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> you had our hearts yeah. racing. When you, got to like... when you got to the foot, I felt better, but not to Oh, my the... gosh. That was wild. She was so close for yeah, a second. Yeah, I was pulling her leg down right here so that she couldn't uh, kick over. But, you know, but, yeah. <laughs> Does it, like, what, from, describe, you know, the transition from fighting off the position to the emotion of it hit zero. Ah, oh, it's it's awesome. It's so fun, you know, especially with the Japanese women. Like, I don't, you can't give them any breathing room. You know, I've seen Yoshida win with like two seconds left, and 
um, a lot of their their girls can, can do that. You know, I think Makita did that in the Olympic finals at 53 as well. So, and especially when you're in that position, you just don't know what anyone might try and like throw at you last second. So, yeah. Um, and it was just it was just good for me. It was just nice. I felt like in that moment, I'm like, okay, I knew I put officially put a tournament together because um, at the Olympics I'd lost in the semis in Poland. Um, you know, I, I had lost twice. I didn't I didn't place. And then even at trials, I lost a match. So if you're looking at that like a tournament, that's that's really not putting it together. So um, this was really kind of the first time since maybe January of 2021 that I had put a tournament together. But but this one, I think the level of competition was was higher. So um, that that's kind of where I really counted. Yeah, and I mean, clearly, you know, obviously, you know, you went on to pick up a fall in the finals. Had had to feel amazing. But throughout all of this, from Maybe the trials through Poland and Olympics and, and this, like, did you feel pressure, right? You're the returning Olympic champ. You've done all these things and you are this great woman, but you've, you know, had, uh, you just had trials and tribulations in between. Was there pressure to win or, or self-imposed pressure or was it just like, no, I just am doing what mm-hmm. I'm doing because this is how I want to do it and forget about the pressure yeah. that others or yourself may put on you? Yeah. I think I had all of it at different times. I definitely, you know, put, put pressure on, on myself. And then, you know, I had to deal with that because I'm like, this isn't helping. Um, I think there's, you know, pressure, uh, as the kind of like the first and only at the time returning Olympic champion. And, and then I think there's, there's pressure, especially when you start doing better too. And, and, you know, the coaches or people see it in practice and they're like, oh my gosh, you're definitely going to win. And, and you're, you, I, I still kind of felt like I was just still coming back into this like new body or this new version of myself. And so, um, there just wasn't a lot to like, you know, it wasn't like in 2016 where, okay, I'm coming off of a world championship gold in 2015 and I've won, haven't lost any matches, um, you know, in that whole Gosh, I don't even know how long it had been. I hadn't, I hadn't lost like the whole year and the year before. I think, yeah, since Worlds of 2014, I hadn't lost uh, going into 2016 Olympics. I think so. Totally different now coming into 2020, and it's just been a hot, hot mess. Losses, everything, all over the place. So I think the pressure was different. And then at times, sometimes there was no pressure at all because with all the injuries and losing and everything, you just it just puts things into perspective. So I think it just kind of goes in waves. I, I think you said earlier the plan was like just get the twenty. Well, first of all, you thought you'd. I think you thought you were done around eighteen or nineteen, and then mm-hmm. you decided you said, "I I got to go till twenty twenty, which turned into twenty twenty one, which had a Olympics and a Worlds. Like, where are we at today? I, maybe you mentioned before that trying to go through twenty four, but I is that or are you going to evaluate and then figure it out? Yeah, or year by year. I mean. I'm completely healthy now, so that doesn't have to like factor into the decision. Um, as long as I stay healthy, but I, uh, yeah, twenty 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 four, unless unless something changes, unless life changes, I don't, I don't see it. I just, I just say that now because for twenty twenty, I felt like I'd had this promise and I made this this um, commitment, and it sometimes wasn't. Uh, just, you know, like like when I had retired, I think briefly in 2018 or 19, that really helped for me to come back. I think I had to let everything go. And I think it was so hard to retire because I was so pressed about, no, I committed to 2020. So now I'm trying to just um, 
go with the flow of things and like figure out where do I need to be, you know, even, you know, for example, this, this move to Greece, um, I, I'm moving to Greece on Monday for the next, you know, couple months for the end of the year. And, uh, you know, it was like something that had been on my heart for years and I've been speaking about it and I've always wanted to go live in Greece, you know, um, finish learning the language and, and work at the refugee camp. And then it, I just felt like, oh, but I can't, you know, I don't think I should ever get out of shape again for wrestling, uh, for me personally. And then it just, it like, I don't know, you know, sometimes ask, asking you'll receive or just be open to that possibility. And so I called Terry and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to move to Greece. And, um, are there any girls that would be willing to come train with me? Or, you know, do you have any ideas? And just turns out that the Olympic champion from Japan, Mukaida at 53 is, uh, looking to train. And so I invited her out there and she committed. So she's going to be there the whole time that I'm out there. So I'm literally living in Greece and I get to train with an Olympic champion from the one country that normally doesn't let Americans in. I'm like, I could not paint a create like a more awesome like a that's like my perfect dream scenario you know um and so yeah that's uh that that's kind of where I'm at where I'm like okay I think I need to go with the flow because maybe the old me would have been like no you can't be away from the sport so you need to stay in Phoenix and then maybe this thing with Japan wouldn't have worked out so now I'm just yeah the plan is is Paris but I uh want to be open to however God wants to do that in my life and wherever I'm supposed to be for that then I'll show up <laughs> sure well, I'm, one, I'm, I'm glad to hear you're open at least to going through 2024. Two, uh, that's awesome that you're going to, you get to train in and live in Greece and train with, with an Olympic champ from, from Japan. Three, tell me about this refugee camp. Yeah. So when we band together, um, is the organization and actually Dave Schultz's son, um, Xander Schultz, he and his wife, Zoe, they started this organization. They were there in Greece when the refugee crisis hit in 2015 and, just felt like they wanted to do more. So they created this nonprofit and it's incredible. Um, they built a center. It's the Dave Schultz Sport and Wellness Center. And they offer everything from English classes and music lessons, um, sport classes, you know, so I'm going to go teach wrestling out there. And I kid you not, these kids, they've like, they've been through so much and they will just openly share the horrible things that they've seen or been through. Like it's like it's nothing like it's just story time it's so it's you know it's a different world and um and then they come up to you and they're like please teach us wrestling and I just thought okay you know whatever maybe they'll just you know I didn't think they were going to take to it these kids like there were a group of five of them that literally they wouldn't go to any other classes they skipped their swimming break their lunch break like all they wanted me to do is teach wrestling moves all day I like literally ran out of moves to teach this girl like she's so <laughs> She's so good. She's, oh my gosh, she's a beast. And, uh, and I, they asked me, they're like, will you please come back and, and teach us? If you teach us wrestling, like we'll be good in a, in a year. And so I said, okay, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll make a bet. If you can do this hard workout, then I'll, I'll, and you're serious, I'll come back for a month. So yeah, so I get to go back now That's <laughs> and cool. they were, they beat it. So yeah. That's great. That's really cool. Where, um, this plug, if anyone wants to donate, when we've been together, www.t.org. So we are raising funds to expand the place. Absolutely. Say that one more time if anybody's listening. It's um, www.t.org, when we band together.org. And we are um, fundraising. They run on our super, super efficient budget. And uh, Stavros, the, the head person that um, runs operations on the ground, you know, everything they, they, um, listen to the refugees they basically help them with what they need they're even teaching them how to start running things and um it's just so, it's so like it's just efficient i could tell you a, a million stories but yeah so if it's on anyone's heart 
to donate or support the cause. They also do um, trips to Greece, uh, which also helps support the local economy that's been impacted by uh, the refugee crisis on the island since tourism is, you know, kind of uh, the main thing for Greece. And so, yeah, so you can do go on trips next summer if you want to go on vacation in Greece and then also help out at the camp. And that's w also on the website. www.bt.org. Yep. Okay. Last thing, last question for me. Um, whether something happens and you never wrestle again, whether you go through 2024 or beyond, Iowa just started women's wrestling. College women's wrestling programs are, are going to continue and probably be added at a, at a faster rate. Is and they they need coaches. Is that something that you could see yourself doing? Want to do? Have no desire to do? Or maybe are open to? It's it's definitely on my heart. Um, I think the very core of it, coaching and um, you know helping girls and 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 boys, whoever you know, to to reach their their dreams. Uh, I'm super passionate about that because uh, I can attest to that. You know, it's who you have on the journey that that you know helps you as well, and you can't get there alone. So. Um, if I would love to experience the whole wrestling, uh, journey from a coaching perspective as well. And I've learned a lot and I want to give back and, um, definitely want to change the culture and, and the scene of that as well. And so just to see Iowa and these other programs adding women's wrestling that that's already starting to do it. And, uh, I think that for, um, a lot of us women, you, you know, uh, for my generation, we kind of missed out on having that, that older generation that stayed around to, to coach just because those opportunities weren't there. And for a variety of other reasons, you know, women have families and, and things of that nature. Um, so I personally feel like I definitely want to stick around. Awesome. Fantastic. Um, that basically does it for me. Kyle Klingman's going to jump in here. Um, Kyle, what you got? We have our segment called Sweat It Out, Five Questions. Before we get to that, I just got to know what the reaction is when you're in Japan. Of course, women's wrestling is huge there. But when you show up, do Japanese women and fans get behind you? Um, I So I didn't really uh, go out in, in Tokyo just because of COVID and everything. And then I really haven't been... Honestly, I never... I didn't go back after Rio. I, I did some media in 2016, but I wasn't around the... Um, like the women's team, but you know, I feel like they're really, really uh, nice there, and I feel like they they respect you know good wrestling. And actually, at the at the worlds in Oslo, the little like fifty three um, girl that that won it, she's like seventeen, and she came up and she asked for a photo, and she started crying, and it was I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. I don't know, I didn't know that they followed like American wrestlers. It was so cute, and now we're Instagram <laughs> friends. So, um, but yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I think the women's community is really pretty pretty close-knit. All right. Of course, this segment's called Sweat It Out, Five Questions. These are going to be the hardest five questions of your life. Are you ready? Bring it. Bring it. All right. Number one, what is Lil Wayne's real name? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. I knew it at some point, but I honestly... It's Dwayne Michael Carter Jr. I was thinking Dwayne, but then I just listened to that new rock, the rap song with The Rock, and I thought that's why I was thinking Dwayne. But I wouldn't have gotten the rest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> number number two, who is known as the face that launched a thousand ships? <laughs> Helen of Troy. Yep, you got it. <laughs> okay. 
Number three, what Rockville, Maryland native won a gold medal in hockey at the 2018 Olympics, Winter Olympics? Oh, I was about to, I was like, Kyle Snyder, this is going to be the answer. And you said hockey. I'm like, uh, uh, wait a minute. I don't know. 2018 was my concussed year, so I get a free pass on that. <laughs> well, her name is Haley Scarupa. Ah, oh, no way. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. So, number four, uh, which Parthenon was built in honor of uh, which well-known Greek goddess? So the Parthenon is built in honor of which well-known Greek goddess? Uh, was that um, Artemis? No. Uh, it starts with an A. Aphrodite. No, Athena. Oh, wow. That's really embarrassing. <laughs> He said it'd be hard. I know. I said it'd be hard. And then the final one is Pheidippides is said to have run from what city to Athens, which is the inspiration behind a race that just took place in Boston, Massachusetts. Wait, what's the question? Okay, Pheidippides is his name. Uh, is said to have uh -huh. run from what city to Athens, which is the inspiration behind the race that just took place in Boston. What? I'll give you another marathon? clue. Yep, exactly. What was, it? It. what was it? Marathon. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Marathon. So you got three of them. Don't five, let the Greeks so. know I don't know their culture or history. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm moving there. Uh, this is great. Yeah. You, you bring some bangers and some questions sometimes. What was the inspiration behind the Lil Wayne question? Just yeah, I went to I, I went to Facebook and you liked Lil Wayne, so I thought I'm gonna see if you really know his, his name. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've, did you check the date on that? It might have been like circa 2009 or like 2008. <laughs> I didn't check the date, but it makes it more. I was fun. an avid Lil Wayne fan in my high school days. Yes, his name his real name is Dwayne. Did you know that? <laughs> now I know. Learn you something new every day. Awesome. You got it. Well, Helen, it's it's been a, a, a real joy having you on. A nice little treat today. Um, congrats on all the success. Like I said, one of the best wrestlers in USA wrestling history across any style. Um, any any final words from you before we let you move on? No, thank you guys so much. Thanks for having me. This was fun. I'm definitely not doing the question segment next time. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm <gonna> study. <laughs> Just kidding. No, this Perfect. is such a blast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, have a great day and, and enjoy Greece and, and hope you really Thank enjoy you. it out there. Thank yep. you so much. Yeah, enjoy all the, the wrestling that's coming up. Hey, when is that, um, that, that Matt, what is that? The battle at the... February something? 12th, uh, Oklahoma State versus uh, Iowa okay. and I, Iran versus USA, February yes. down in Texas. So. Hey, I want to make sure that I'll be back in the U.S. by then. Absolutely. If not, I can, I can give you a website, a link where you can watch it. I will take you up on that. Thank All you. Right. Thanks so much. Have a great day. <laughs> yep. Bye. Yeah, you too. Yep, bye. Bye. Uh, always a joy, Kyle. And and what a the the ride she's been through, physical, uh, uh, literal mental, you know, uh, head injury problems, and the emotional toll that's come along with that. And to see her just get through all of it and back out, clean as a whistle on the other side. Really inspirational. Yeah, hearing her story, it's why I love this sport, just the nuances, and, and she was able to dial in just moments, and especially against the Nigerian, and how she said she wasn't, she was 
not going to be injured anymore and, and not you. I mean, top to bottom, just an absolutely fascinating interview about how she got to where she is right now. And um, I was mesmerized by that interview. So it, it was great to have her on. Absolutely. Thanks to Helen one more time for joining us today. That's going to do it for today's show. For Kyle Klingman, I'm Mark Bader. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks.